This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Girl Fit Method podcast. So on today's episode, I have Dana, who is a past client of ours. She has had a history of an eating disorder. When she came to work with us, she had somewhat gotten over that, but she still had an unhealthy relationship with food, with exercise. And we really talk about the food freedom that she has gained over the past six months, how her body image has transformed. Honestly, it was really, really inspiring to hear her story. And I know it's going to resonate with you guys because I know a lot of you are in a situation where you have an unhealthy relationship with food. Your life revolves around food and your body that dictates to you how you feel if you wake up in the morning and you feel like you don't look good, that is going to ruin the rest of your day. And that's exactly where Dana was. And her life now is completely different. So let's get stuck into the interview. But first of all, I just wanted to touch base, let you know, I am going to be answering a listener question at the end of the episode. So make sure to listen to the end to find out if I've answered your question. Hello and welcome back to the Girl Fit Method podcast. So on today's episode, I have with us Girl Fit Method client. She's actually just finished up with us. Dana, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my absolute pleasure. I'm super excited to be talking with you. You finished up with us actually oh, a couple of months ago now, I would say. Yeah, like at the end of May. Yeah, so it's so good to be able to still keep in contact with you. Sometimes with our girls, once they finish with us, like we try to keep in contact with them, but you know, we all get busy, live our own lives. And I'm always like, oh, I wonder how she's going. I wonder how she's going. So, so nice to be able to catch up and chat. Yes. (laughs) And I'm very excited for you to share your story with us. So, first of all, I want everyone to get to know you a little bit more. So, tell us about you. What do you do? Where do you live? All of that. Yeah, so I live in Cleveland, Ohio, which is like on the east side of the U.S. Um, It's a big sports town. We love our sports here. Um, I come from a family with three older brothers and I am the youngest of four. So so you've got three older brothers and then you're the youngest? Yes, ah, the youngest I, and the only girl. <laughs> oh, uh, well, that's kind of good. I'm I'm one of four as well, and I've got three brothers, but I'm in the middle, so I'm the second. We always get a bit of special treatment, don't we, because we're the only girl. Oh, for and sure. you're the youngest, so you're winning at life. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, so um, do you want me to talk a little bit about why I joined GirlFit Method? Yeah, well, let's have a chat about, I guess, maybe going back to sort of high school days. So where did your, so obviously your experience with us has been really incredible and you did come from a place of struggling with food, struggling with exercise and your body image. So when did that really all start for you? Yeah. So like I said, I have three older brothers and they were really into sports, kind of played the baseball, basketball, football, all that sort of thing. And I didn't really find my sport until like late elementary school. So I joined like the volleyball team and I absolutely loved it um, throughout middle school. And then I, when I got to high school, it started to get more competitive and um, really more focused on 
um, being a good player versus the more fun part of it, which is what I more so enjoyed. And with that intensity came like heavy conditioning. Um, my coach was really um, strict about what we ate. She didn't want us to eat like certain from fast food places or ice cream, like nothing super crazy, but just being super conscious about that. And that really um, started to affect me because I started to really restrict my intake. And I think it was the summer before my sophomore year of high school, um, I started to skip meals and um, like dinner mainly. And I kind of like liked the feeling. I was like, oh, well, this, this wasn't bad. Um, I can do this really easily. And the more I did that, like the more I went down that path, the more I started to restrict and the restriction really got out of control. Um, and I was, I have like a small build naturally and I was at a healthy weight when I first started that season. Um, but I had lost a significant amount of weight and it was really noticeable to my family and friends. So my mom and my aunt were like, you should really go to the doctor. You should really see someone like something's not right here. And I actually just listened to your podcast the other day. And you said something about not knowing that you had an eating disorder. And I was completely like, I didn't think anything was wrong with what I was doing. Um, I thought I was being healthier or being more mindful. Um, but yeah, so that really, I was forced into treatment for anorexia and I put on um, a pretty decent amount of weight. I got back to a healthy weight, but their approach was more so focused on just food and I wasn't allowed to exercise at all. And it was mainly just like put on the weight like as fast as you can and we'll worry about the rest afterwards. And I probably stayed with that program for maybe like a year or so. And when I left it, I really didn't enjoy my experience with it. And the restriction continued afterwards. And what people really don't know about restriction, I feel like, is that it affects like literally everything. Like I look back at my high school days about my friendships, um, my vacations, like I don't think I ever enjoyed a vacation because I was so worried about um, food and food guilt. And if I would be exposed to foods I don't normally eat and um, I had like no interest in dating or really going out with friends or anything. And that continued into college. Although like college, I would say it was like a little bit better, um, but I still restricted myself to eating only from certain food groups or certain safe foods. And um, I'm just going to make a quick note in there, which I think is really important. A point that you brought up around how it impacts all different areas of your life. And I think what people don't understand is when you, you know, if you obviously have an eating disorder or if you have a really unhealthy relationship with food, it's like an addiction. It's like any addiction. When someone becomes addicted to some kind of substance, to alcohol, to a drug, that becomes number one. So you become a terrible friend, you become a terrible parent, you become a terrible student because all you need to do is almost serve this addiction that you have. And I think because food is a good thing in a way, right? We need food to survive. Sometimes we're not aware that it's just as bad, that addiction, that behavior that comes around that is just as bad as when we are addicted to some kind of substance. That's obviously not good for us. 
Right. No, I completely agree. And like, I'm a perfectionist by nature. So like when I do something, I want to do it like as good as I possibly can. So, I mean, as to kind of bring it back there, that's how I kind of felt about my eating disorder. Like, well, I have to stick to these rules because I don't want to deal with the guilt afterwards. Or like, I would have had like an off day. Like it really, it just affects absolutely everything mood wise, social wise, pretty much everything. Yeah completely and utterly swallows up your life doesn't it and you become an absolute Mm -hmm. slave to it it's really really horrible okay so now you're in college the same behaviors are still lingering yes um pretty much sticking to the safe foods and then when I graduated COVID really hit I'm a 2020 grad so that was a tough time for everybody But that's when I really started to become stir crazy and I really wanted to get out and do stuff. And that's when I picked up running. And I actually like I do enjoy running. But when I was doing it just last year, I was not fueling my body right at all. I was like completely exhausted and I would still force myself to run even if I was too tired and I hadn't really eaten anything that day. I'd still force myself to run. And um this is around the time, so it's probably continued into 2021, which is when I first started seeing your reels come up on my Instagram page. And I really felt like you were calling me out, like everything you said, like applied directly to what I was experiencing. And so although I was a little back and forth about reaching out to you, I did. And you've completely transformed my day-to-day eating habits. I'm exercising the right way. I'm fueling my body right. And, um, yeah, I've made like a complete 180. Amazing. It's it's so freeing, isn't it? The position that you're in right now is so freeing. It's like, you've got control back into your life. It's amazing. For sure. I want to touch on that because before we hit record, we talked about how probably the biggest change for you has been the focus, shifting the focus off of the way that you look and having that as the most important thing in your life, like what you weigh, what your body looks like and finding freedom in just making decisions in your life around your nutrition, around your training that serve you and come from a place of respect. And in turn, that's when you actually have seen results. Do you want to sort of elaborate on that a bit? Yeah. So before I really joined GirlFit Method, I really focused everything like around my body, like highs and lows, um, like in day-to-day life, I would always come back to the way I look. That'd be like the last, the most important thing on my mind. But since like I've started fueling my body right and not focusing on food, like completely, I've been able to realize, well, there's more that happened today than I looked good in a pair of jeans or I looked good in my outfit. Like I actually enjoyed spending time with my friends. I was fully present with my family at dinner And like, although like I'm happy with the way my body looks now, I could say that the mental changes I've made are so much more meaningful to me because I'm able to be a good friend. I'm able to be a good employee and a good student. And that's so much more important than the way you look at the end of the day. I love that. I'm I'm just touching on, I guess like I'm, I'm really relating to your situation because I remember being exactly where you were. And the thing is, is that when you're so self-consumed with the way that you look, you know that you're dropping the ball in other parts of your life. So yeah, your relationships, your ability to exceed in school, whatever it is, your job, your career, 
And that actually starts to affect your confidence because you start to believe you're a really bad person and you're a really selfish person. And the truth is, is that when you do have some kind of an addiction like that, or you become so in your head, you actually do become a really selfish person. That doesn't mean that you're living out your true self because that's not really you and you're not aligned with that. And that's where those feelings of guilt and feelings of like, who have I become? Like, what kind of person am I? I need to almost cling to this identity of my body is everything because that's giving me some kind of self-worth when really, you know, ultimately your self-worth comes down to other aspects of your life, like your mind and your ability to, yeah, form relationships and impact the lives of others. It's a really insightful journey that when you actually can shift your focus away from yourself and start to show yourself some compassion and actually lean into other aspects of your life that are more meaningful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's really incredibly freeing because you can probably think back to the day when you woke up and if you had a bad body image day, that would ruin your whole day, like your whole day. And you wouldn't uh, be able 100%. to percent. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to stop thinking about it. And all you would have is these really negative thoughts in your mind circulating, repeating how you're not good enough, how you're disgusting. What are you going to do? How are you going to eat less today? How are you going to exercise more to make up for that? To not have that is amazing because that takes up so much energy mental capacity, but also your physical energy. And we can really, I don't know whether you're into manifestation and I actually, I'm, I, I actually don't really manifest a whole lot. I do believe in energy though, because the energy you portray, I really feel that you attract. And if the only energy that you are feeling is negativity. That's the only thing you're going to attract. However, when you start to treat yourself kindly, your thoughts are kind. Your thoughts um, are about not just about yourself, about how your vessel and your body can actually impact those around you and actually make a difference. That's when the good stuff starts happening and, you know, good things are attracted to you. Yeah, I, I love that. I completely relate. Yeah, And I think coach Vanessa said, and this is like something that has stayed with me. She always says memories over macros. Mm, And I have repeated that like so many times, like when you're somewhere or like you're out with friends, don't worry about like what you're eating. Hurry, worry about like who you're eating with or what you guys are talking about. I I don't know. I've just used that all the time. I love that. That is, isn't coach Vanessa incredible. I love her. I love all the coaches. She's just wonderful, but it is, it is so true because you need that reminder because logically that's what it's about right if we can all sit back and all go okay this is the amount of food that I need a day I should be exercising this is how much exercise I should do then we'd all be a-okay we'd all be really healthy we've got healthy weights we'd be able to gain muscle when we want to we'd be able to lose fat when we want to however when we have this disordered relationship with food then that you know even just the thought of going out and eating becomes so anxiety inducing that we lose sight of the whole purpose of life, which is to live, <laughs> to live a full life. It's not just to control what we eat, not allow ourselves to eat certain foods. At the end of the day, you're going to look back and you're going to be thankful for the memories that you've made and the fun times that you've had, the relationships that you've built, not just what you weigh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and how is that? I'd love to know how that's kind of impacted your life. So if you think back 
to, you know, a few years ago when it was all consuming for you, what does your life look like now? What's the difference? I'm able to do things spontaneously, whereas before it would just be like, I would need to have every single thing planned out. Like if I was going out to eat on Friday night, then I couldn't go out to eat for the rest of the week. Or I would have to like restrict extremely before I went out. And like now, like, like earlier this week, I went out for gelato, which would have been completely like an absolute no just six months ago. So being able to do those things are such like strong wins for me. Like, you know, you should be able to have the ice cream or, you know, wear the crop top without worry, being worried about what other people think of you or how much you're eating, that sort of thing. Yeah. You've got your life back. Sounds Mm -hmm. you're back in control of your life, which is really incredibly phenomenal. And I do want to touch on this because this is a secondary win, right? This is not the main win for you, but we talk all the time about once you heal your relationship with food and your body, that's when you see results. Now you came to us doing a lot of exercise, a lot of cardio, like you said, Mm -hmm. a lot of running, not eating a lot. We got your calories way up and we got you to scale back that exercise, focusing on lifting weights and did your worst nightmare of gaining all of this weight happen? No, absolutely not. No, it didn't. It didn't. Actually, you had a really incredible transformation. You built muscle so quickly. And what did we get your calories up to? Like 2,100. Yeah, insane. (laughs) Insane. And what were you eating when you first started with us? Definitely less than 1,500, I would have to say, around there. Running so much, exercising so much. Mm-hmm. The thing as well, I think it's really important for girls to understand is that when they're chronically under eating, you obviously have those physical side effects. So the impact, the negative impact that it has on your body. But I think we don't really think about the psychological aspect of that when we feel so comfortable only eating a certain amount, how that can really distort the way that we view other things in our life. Even the, the irrational fear of going out and eating gelati, Right. It mm-hmm. seems so silly. Now you're in this position, you're looking back, you're like, well, of course, of course I can do that. But back then you're not thinking logically and that can be a really hard, hard place to be in and a hard place to get yourself out of. But it takes time and you've done the work um, and you're at the other end now, which is so incredible. Yes. And I can honestly say that after eating a little cup of gelato, I did not gain an, ex- an insane amount of weight, which would have been my fear just a yes. year ago. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You're <laughs> incredibly correct. But you know what? Even I think it's really important to be realistic with our goals as well. When girls have an ideal body shape that they're wanting or a weight that they're wanting to achieve, if that requires you to never eat out or never go out and eat gelati, then you need to rethink that goal as well. So obviously for you, you know, in that situation, it's awesome. And for the, look, 99% of women, that's, they're not going to gain weight from, from eating gelati. Absolutely not. However, when we have this idea of what we feel like we should look like or what we should weigh, that requires a lifestyle of real restriction and a really sad lifestyle, actually, a lonely one, an isolated one. It's not worth it. And that's not healthy. Yeah. You also got a regular cycle back, which is really awesome. 
And we allowed you to obviously keep exercising. We're very big on allowing our girls to exercise, but what we need them to understand is that the protocol needs to change, right? So we had to really scale back that cardio. You were doing that running, focusing on building muscle, getting stronger, and your hormonal health really improved. So there's no need to cut all of that out. Obviously, it's case-by-case basis, um, but for all of our girls, we still get them moving, but that protocol just looks a little bit different. Right. Yeah. Now, if someone's listening and they're like, I know there is going to be girls that is resonating with this, they're in the position that you were in a couple of years ago. I want you to give them one piece of advice right now on how they can take action to better themselves and get themselves out of that situation. Yeah. So I would have to say, like, even where you are now, you will have highs and lows with your body image. But if you make the leap and start to make these changes, you'll have so many more highs than lows, Um, not only about your body, but about being present. And by the end of it, your body won't even be the most major concern in your life. It'll be um, a bunch of other things like going out with your friends, going out to eat without being scared of gaining weight. Um, and knowing that those things are much more important than what you're worried about right now. Love that. And that's where true freedom happens. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> well, I just want to say I am super proud of you. Makes my heart so happy to be here chatting with you again. Big props to Coach Vanessa, who did a really incredible job throughout your transformation and being a support to you. Um, but yeah, we're just, we're both super, super proud of you. So thanks for sharing your story. Oh, I loved that conversation. Thank you so much, Dana, for jumping on and sharing. I know that's resonated with a lot of you guys. Now, I want to answer today's podcast question. It has come in from May. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, May. Your Instagram handle is MayADs. Now, your question is, how does one know whether they need to strength train or do HIIT training when in a reverse diet? What is best? Great question. So, we think about what a reverse diet is essentially we're teaching the body that it needs more calories in order to maintain where it's at right now now what we want to teach the body is that it needs to do less rather than more to somewhat earn food so the way you want to think about it is you always want to do the least possible in regards to activity and eat the most now with that being said strength training and lifting weights is a really pivotal part of a reverse diet the reason for that is that as we increase calories, we want to really support our training and we want to support any potential muscle growth. Now, the more that we eat, the more likely we are to build muscle. Now, the other thing I want you to think about is high intensity training. So HIIT is high intensity training, is a real stress on the body. Now, lifting weights is also stress on the body. However, HIIT workouts or cardio are only going to further exacerbate your situation. So what's going to happen is, is, yeah, you may be able to increase calories. You may not have them store as fat, but there's a higher potential to, and you're still keeping your activity really high. Now, when we're doing high intensity training and cardio, it's a real stress on the body. Now, all exercise is stress on the body. However, we do know that high intensity training is a greater stress on the body. So what's happening is you may be increasing calories, but if your cortisol levels are high or your stress hormones are high, you're not able to recover from your training, 
then the reverse diet's not going to be very successful. So I highly recommend if you are going to do a reverse diet, you implement some kind of strength training. It does not need to be four, five, six days a week. Three days a week is really awesome. I would say for the majority of people, training three days a week is perfect. So you're sending that really strong muscle building signal to the body, which is going to assist in potential muscle growth. And then we can use those additional calories to support your training and to support recovery. All right, guys, that is it from me. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, please, 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 please leave a rating. Make sure you hit the follow button. You're subscribed to the podcast and take a screenshot of this and share it onto your stories. Share it with someone that you know is going to resonate with this and that it's going to help them. All right, that is it from me. Big love, Coach Tash. Coach Tash.